Today we'll be talking about serializing data to disk. Now I'm not talking about user settings or preferences, as you can use NSUser defaults for this, but instead I'm talking about lightweight application data. Things like login metadata, such as when your login expires, or caching activity while offline. Perhaps you want to save a record of what the user is doing, and then send that once you have an internet connection or perhaps simple user-generated content, such as the records of data that the user is creating in your application. Now, if you have a more complex data model, you'll probably lean on core data. But core data is quite a complex framework, and I believe that it's overkill in many scenarios. I think simple data should be stored simply. That's where properless serialization comes in. This is an easy way to serialize simple data structures to disk. Now here's a code sample. Here we're taking an array that has three strings in it, and then we're calling the writeToFileAtomically method, passing in a path. That will write it out to a plist file format. And later we can read that same file by calling nsarray array with contents of file with the same path. There are some restrictions, though. Only the types you see here, nsarray, nsdictionary, nsstring, nsdate, nsnumber, and nsdata, are valid for use in propertyless serialization. For example, if you take an nsarray that contains nsurls, that will not serialize. In fact, it'll silently fail, and it can be quite frustrating. Instead, you have to convert all of these nsurls to nsstrings so that it can be serialized. So let's take an example of how this will work. Now here I have a sample Xcode project called Bookmarks. And basically it comprises of a couple of view controllers that allow you to uh, list and add bookmarks. And you can see here that it's a simple table view based application. I click the plus button and I can add a label and a URL. And then I come back here and it shows up in the list. So right now there's no persistence here. So if I quit the backing data structure, it's going to uh, get purged from memory and this record I just created is going to go away. So what I'd like to do is take this existing data structure and persist it to disk so that when we launch the application next time, these items will still be here. Now all of the access to the bookmarks is done through the bookmark manager class. And you can see here it's backed by an NS mutable array. And access is controlled through this shared manager class method. Once you're dealing with a shared instance, you can uh, fetch the list of bookmarks or add a new bookmark to the list. Here in the implementation file, we take a look at this. It just creates an NS mutable array. And in the add bookmark method, it uh, logs out that we're adding the bookmark name and URL. You can see that log statement from when I ran it last time here. We create a bookmark dictionary out of it and add that to the array. So our bookmarks array is an array of dictionaries. So what I'd like to do is instead of creating the array here, I want to read it from disk. And in order to do that, we're going to need a path of where we're going to save it. So let's store that in the variable. And the initializer will set that path up. 
And since we're going to write to this, we can't store this in our application bundle. But instead, we have to construct a path that's based on our application's documents directory. We can do that with a simple snippet of code, which I have saved here. Once you have the documents directory, we can construct our path by appending onto that string by appending path component and passing in our file name. Since we retain this string, we need to release it later on in the dialloc method. Now, inside of load bookmarks, we're going to first try and load this from disk. We're going to use the array with contents of file method passing in that path. And if it wasn't found, then we just need to create a new one. When we're adding the bookmark, after adding it to our in-memory array, we want to write this newly changed array back to disk. So we can do that by calling bookmarks write to file atomically. Now what atomically means is it'll write the file into a temporary directory and then copy it over to avoid any kind of temporary file buffer um, getting interrupted halfway through. So it's generally safer to do it this way, but it may not be as fast as uh, streaming directly to the target location. Another thing to note is that this method will simply return bool of whether it succeeded or failed, but it won't tell you why. So it's important to know if this fails, check the path that you're writing to disk, and then check the content that you're writing, and make sure it conforms to one of those types that I specified earlier. Now if we run this, you can see that our data was empty, and I can add a few more here. And now if we quit the application and make sure that we kill it from the background task, when we run it again, we'll see that these items are still in the list. So let's take a look and see what got generated. Here in the bookmark manager class, right after creating the path, we're just going to log it out. And this should show this over here in the console. And I'm just going to go into that directory. Make sure and quote this path because it contains spaces. And then if we look inside of here, we now have a bookmarks.plist. And we can take a look and see what that contains. And here you can see it's just a simple XML format with a root type of plist that contains some simple data structures behind it. Now that was actually pretty easy. We just had to implement two methods, array with contents of file and write to file atomically. But we're still dealing with bookmarks as if they were two properties. And what happens when we want to start saving more data to this? It's just going to make things a little bit harder. We're going to have to carry along another parameter in each one of these methods as we go forward. Now we've seen how to use the built-in methods on NSString, NSDictionary, and so forth for serializing common data types to disk. But oftentimes you want to work with your own classes so that you don't have to pass in the keys and values in dictionaries all over the place. 
That's where NSKeyed archiving is useful. This allows you to serialize your own custom objects by conforming to the NS coding protocol. Now this just means that we have to implement these two methods, init with coder and encode with coder, so that we can hydrate and serialize our objects. So it would be nice if we had a bookmark class. And our bookmark class is just going to have two properties. Now that we have this simple object, we'd like to be able to save this object directly without having to worry about converting it to a dictionary to save with the, with the property list formats. So we can do that by complying with the NS coding protocol. Now that requires us to implement two methods. One of them is init with coder. Now, if your superclass is coding compliant, you're going to want to call an init with coder on the superclass as well. And that will allow any of your superclass properties to get serialized in the same way. In our case, we're just inheriting from NSObject, so we can just call super init. So on our decoder, we simply want to call decode object for key. And we're going to pass in the key of label for our label. Store that in our label property. And for the URL, we'll do the same. Decode object for key URL. Now you can take a look here and see that you can actually decode all different types here. So if you have your own CG points, CG recs, if you want to serialize Boolean values, any other kinds of um, opaque data types that aren't supported in property list serialization, you can use here. And if not, you can convert it or break your objects down into those components. So we have one other method to write, and that's called encode with coder. Now, same thing goes here. You might want to call super encode with coder to make sure that your superclass gets the chance to archive its properties. In our case, we don't need to do that. But we can say a coder encode object for key. Now, it may be a good idea to convert these into constants so that you don't make a mistake and type the wrong key here. And that would result in some pretty hard to diagnose bugs. Okay, so now we have a bookmark object that's NS coding compliant. Now, how can we use this in our bookmark manager? Well, here in our bookmark manager, right now we're taking a bookmark with a URL and a name. But instead, I want to take a new approach, import our bookmark class, and refactor this code to take in a bookmark object. Now, of course, we're going to have to change this method here because the signature changed. This becomes bookmark.label and bookmark.url. We no longer need the dictionary. We want to add this bookmark to our array, but instead of calling this write to file directly, we're going to use NSKeyed Archiver. And we're going to tell it to archive root object to file. 
And the root object is going to be our bookmarks object. And the file is going to be our file path. Now we need to do the reverse of that here when it is first loaded. So let's take nskeyed unarchiver and call unarchive object with file, passing in path. Now that's going to return the root object, which is our bookmarks array. And we just need to retain that. So that gets rid of this line. And now we just need to correct the usage of it right here. We were calling the old the old method. Now we just want to call shared manager add bookmark. And we need a bookmark here, so let's create that. Set the label property and set the URL property to URL. Now that we have that, we can pass in our bookmark and we can get rid of our original method. Let's go ahead and run this and see how it works. Now, it's going to crash here because the path that we had before contains some serialized plist format data. And now we're trying to load it as a keyed unarchiver format. And these file formats are just incompatible with each other. So you may want to choose a different extension here, maybe something like that, so that you're guaranteed to start with a fresh file. Now this does point out a pretty glaring weak spot in this type of data serialization. If you're using something like Core Data, you'd probably have a, a migration built for you to translate the, form, the data format in the old format into the new format. And these formats are going to be very rigid. And what that means is you're going to have to write this code yourself. So if you had deployed this already and then decided to change from propertyless serialization to keyed archiver, you would have to write your own mapping code to support all of the existing data that somebody had in the old format and convert it to the new format. And that's just one of the drawbacks of using this type of serialization. So now we run that, you can see that we're starting with a fresh file. And so now there's uh, no data in it. And let's go ahead and add a new label here. And a new URL. And you can see that uh, I forgot one usage. Basically, when we're pulling out our bookmarks, I was still treating that as a dictionary. So this, this code actually gets to be cleaned up. Instead of treating that as a dictionary, I want to treat that as a bookmark. And now we can simply say bookmark.label and bookmark.url. And the data was already saved, so here you can see it rendered just fine. So what does that data look like? Let's go back in that directory and take a look and see what we have. You can see here that I've got a new bookmarks.dat file. And if we open that up, now you can tell that this is a binary file. It does have some legible text in here, but for the most part, this is not going to be readable by anything except by an NSKeyed unarchiver. So I hope you found this episode useful on how you can serialize simple data types to disk. And remember, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, then just head on over to our support site and drop a note in there so that I can see it. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in a week.